Hi, and welcome to Living Change, Episode 3. This one's in two parts. There's a reading, and then, for Change Circle members, an interview with Topol from the I Ching community. I really enjoyed doing this. I'm new to the whole interviewing thing, and I expect that probably shows, especially at the beginning. But we had a really interesting time talking about conversation with Yi Jing. What he asks about, how the relationship with an oracle works, the difference it makes in his life. I'd like to do this again, interviewing a member, just for the sake of the insight into their day-to-day -day relationship with the oracle. I find it really enlightening. Let me know what you think of this. And if you're not already a Change Circle member, you can join at onlineclarity.com forward slash circle. That's O-N-L-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot com forward slash circle. But first, the reading for today. Since winter's setting in here in the UK, I wanted to ask something that seemed to fit the season. A time for introspection more than action, for covering over and protecting what will grow next year. And also, I wanted to ask something that might maybe fit in with the Change Circle gathering talking about the Trigram Gen Thunder. So since the Trigram Thunder can have a lot to do with the human experience of creativity, I asked Yi how we can nurture creativity. After all, this is, by and large, what makes change possible. It creates new things, new patterns. It ensures we don't live in an endless cycle of reruns. This is really something I want for myself, too, that ability to change the patterns of things. So I asked Yi to show me a way of nurturing creativity. And Yi responds with hexagram 27, nourishment, with no changing lines. So that's three podcast episodes I've done now, and three readings with no changing lines. I'd just like to point out that I'm actually using the same set of divining beads for these readings that I always use, and one in every four of them does represent a changing line. It's just that when I do these readings for living change, I keep on getting single hexagrams. It actually makes sense, I think. There's no relating hexagram because these are readings for everyone or anyone who listens, and so there's no individual perspective to kind of draw out certain aspects of a situation. So that, I think, would explain why we get single hexagrams. They're genuinely universal readings, or readings for many people, at least. A simple principle that different people can apply in different ways. Of course, now I've said that, the next episode's reading will probably have about five lines changing and be every bit as universal. So, how to nurture creativity with nourishment? That's pretty clear in itself. You nurture creativity by feeding it. Literally, though, the name of this hexagram is actually Jaws. So, it's not just food that it's about, but the whole framework for nourishing is what supports the process of nourishment. So I think what this is saying is that to nurture creativity, you need to create the whole environment within which it can be fed. 
that definitely includes having the material support, the food on the table. Hexagram 27 is meant to be a safe, grounded, balanced kind of environment. But it also means every kind of nourishment you can imagine. Social, moral, intellectual, physical, spiritual, everything. The oracle says, Nourishment. Constancy brings good fortune. See the jaws and the origin of your quest to fill your mouth. So it first says that constancy brings good fortune. Constancy is staying true to an insight and carrying it through. It's steadiness and loyalty. We're looking for a stable, nourishing environment here. Maybe the idea is that you need to feed the creative spark consistently so as to stay true to its nature. Then it says, see the jaws. And that word see is actually the name of hexagram 20, seeing. It's a very powerful, charged word in the I Ching, therefore. This hexagram is unique in that it actually tells you to look at it, to raise your awareness and see the whole picture. And it also suggests that you see the origin of your quest, or your own quest, your own striving for something of substance to eat. The literal reading is something like your own striving for mouth genuine, something real and substantial. The same word also means fruit, true, genuine nourishment. So the message is partly to nurture creativity, feed it. And it's also to nurture creativity, become truly aware of your own desires. Be conscious of your striving for something real. And that makes sense in a world full of fake food and artificial cultural sweeteners. I think it's much the same as the way we try to satisfy a need for fruit with artificially sweetened junk food. We also get offered a lot of the intellectual and spiritual equivalent of fizzy drinks. And actually, isn't there a theory that using aspartame makes you eat more? I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly a good metaphor. So the answer to a craving for nourishment isn't denial or a diet. This isn't calling for starving artists in garrets. It's getting in touch with the real, original desire. If you look at the Chinese character for that word for origin, or your own, the old character, it actually shows a nose, and I think it's conflating the idea of self and breath. Now, about the trigrams, the two three-line figures representing simple, natural forces that come together to make the hexagram for nourishment. You remember I said I was asking this question partly with the trigram gen, thunder, in mind, because I thought it represented creativity? Well, the inner trigram of hexagram 27 is thunder. And I asked about how creativity could be nurtured, and the outer trigram is mountain, which contains the inner thunder. The mountain trigram often has this containing, taming, storing effect when it's on the outside of a hexagram. It's almost as if Yi painted the question for us in trigrams. Creativity nurtured, thunder 
under the mountain. Lovely. The image says, Below the mountain is thunder, nourishment. The noble one thus reflects on her words in conversation, and is discriminating about what she eats and drinks. This is developing that original idea of seeing the jaws, becoming really aware of the whole process. The noble one is discriminating about what she'll swallow from the world, how she'll nourish herself, but she also reflects on her words, and hence what she sends out into the world to nourish others. There's thunder inside, and mountain outside, and that makes a balance of action or initiative, sending the words out, and stillness for reflection and discrimination. That containing, steadying action of the mountain means that there are no automatic reactions here. Also, thunder under mountains echoes. In its structure, this is a symmetrical hexagram. It has solid, energetic lines at the top and bottom, and four open lines in between them. So this creates a kind of echoing space where energy is reflected to and fro between those two solid lines. It suggests that nourishment is a cycle, and what you accept and what you send out aren't really separable. There's still a question of where this circulating energy comes from. Creativity needs nourishment, so how do you feed it? That kind of question, asking after the source of something or what makes it possible, tends to be answered in the Yijing by looking at the sequence. Nourishment follows from hexagram 26, Great Taming, and the sequence says things are tamed, and so there can be nourishing, and so jaws follow. Taming things means accumulating them, building up a store of them, and also applying restraint and control. It's what a farmer does, and the hexagram actually talks about rearing different animals. This makes elementary sense in a literal sort of way, just in its own terms. Thanks to farmers, there's nourishment to be had. So what does that mean as a metaphor? Great taming is about mastery, in a way. Not building up reserves just for their own sake, or just for survival. It means creating a kind of springboard into new things. The oracle talks about not eating at home and crossing the great river. When you have this kind of wise, well-grounded relationship with your world, then you can go beyond subsistence and grow a surplus that will sustain creativity and innovation. One other interesting thing about the sequence from Great Taming to Nourishment is the way the trigrams change. Both hexagrams have mountain on the outside, still, steady, containing, maybe nurturing. But where Nourishment has inner thunder, Great Taming is storing up the trigram Heaven. Now Heaven is known as the creative. The difference between that and thunder, I think, is that heaven is more the pure creative law, that which causes plants to grow into themselves and planets to move in their orbits. Thunder is more how that's experienced, I think, or how it acts. Anyway, more of that in the trigram gathering.
So you have power stored up, becoming energy in circulation, bringing nourishment. It's like a well-balanced ecosystem, this hexagram. It's in equilibrium and complete in itself. The thing is, though, that the most complete, self-sustained systems for nourishment tend to be things like eggs or a chrysalis. There's spaces where you can be completely reshaped. If you read the line texts of Hexagram 27, they're not part of the reading, but they give you a general sense of the possibilities, then you see constant reference to these inner shifts. Like I was saying, nourishment is a symmetrical hexagram. There's one solid line, top and bottom, and open lines in between. That means that you can turn it round, or walk round it as it were, and you don't see any alternative perspective, only the circulation and development going on inside it. The only way to move on from here is radical transformation, an emergent self that outgrows and overturns this carefully balanced environment. So creativity needs nourishment of all kinds and on all levels. It needs awareness. The oracle and the image both really emphasize being conscious. And especially it needs awareness of desires and hungers. Maybe those are a guide. Maybe true necessity is the mother of creativity. And for it to be possible to nourish creativity at all, you need to farm your life, as it were, to store up reserves of energy to use. And finally, how to translate this into action. Hopefully the reading will have given you some ideas. It's given me a few. To start with, I'm going to change what I read and the kind of conversation I let myself get drawn into. And I'm going to go walking in the woods near our house. Okay, that's all for part one. Thank you for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed it. If you're part of Change Circle, you'll find the second part with our interview with Topple in the members area. Meanwhile, do post a comment on the blog and let me know what you think. You'll find an archive of all the podcast episodes at onlineclarity.com forward slash podcast. That's O-N-L-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot com forward slash podcast. And if you click the title where it says Living Change, Eaching Podcast 3, you'll get a page where you can post your comments. Thank you.